0: Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Kenny, and we're talking about Return of Condor Heroes, chapters 31 through 35, and um, we're just going to get right into it, I suppose, uh, so, you know, we, uh, Kenny, where did we leave off last time? We, we, we left off, we finished chapter 30, and now we're back at, uh, and, and we're on to 31, and this is... Uh, title of the chapter is the other half of the antidote and the, the events that occur in this chapter are uh huang rong finally gets her daughter uh Gua Zhang, um also known as little heretic back uh from qi en in the uh in in passionless valley hall she uh she invokes sort of his memories of yingu and and she's able to to get her to safety by kicking her um and uh Gong Soon Ji and Li Mochu also return to Passionless Valley and they conspire together. And Gong Soon just keeps cranking up sort of the evil machinations uh, and agrees to throw his own daughter in a poison flower patch so that they can get the antidote and he can marry Li Mochu. And uh, Li, uh, Lu, or his daughter, uh, poisons herself in order to get the antidote for Yangua and by the end of the chapter gong soon ends up stealing the real pill um i glossed over a lot of details here but uh i don't know what what did you think of this chapter and this part of the story
1: it, it was pretty bittersweet because i think um <laughs> Yeah, have Lua who is just so sweet and kind. Um, yeah, thinking of all these ways that she can try and get this, uh, get the antidote for Yang Guo. Um and then having her overhear her own father basically plotting to um, kill her, uh, so, so that she could, so that he could marry Li was was probably pretty heartbreaking for her as well. I mean, she, um, yeah, it sounds like from the previous chapters that she was a fairly innocent and naive little girl and she was actually prepared to uh, forgive her father for throwing her down the, the the crocodile pit with Yang Guo earlier on. Um yeah you know, you know, she was thinking it was just like a moment of passion uh, a bit of passion for him. Um but now that she's actually hearing him with like in cold blood potting her um the, the death just so he could marry a beautiful young woman was uh well, really shocking for her.
0: What well, was really a- Almost amusing about that scene too is that lee Mocho is even like, "Hey, we don't actually have to kill her. We can just lie about it, and you don't have to lose your daughter." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. That you know, my wife is too shrewd. She'll never believe that." It's just, it's, it's. uh, So so he's almost too extreme even for lee Mocho. In fact, she, she's sort of angered by his lust for her, and she's just going along with it because she wants the antidote, and she realizes that's the the easiest way for her to get the antidote for herself because she's poisoned. By the um by the passion flowers,
1: um and I think it's important to know as well, um because the passionless valley people uh, sect, uh were all secluded and then rarely ventured down to the martial world. They had no idea. Um, uh, 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 about Li Mo Cho's deeds in the Jianghu, right? Um, yeah, you know, or that her nickname was like the Scarlet Serpent Deity or whatever, and and and, and that you know she is known for being treacherous and ruthless, and yeah you know, it's funny to see Gong Ji basically fawning all over this uh, very evil woman uh, without any idea that you know she's probably gonna stab him back at the first available opportunity.
0: Well, that's one of the things I like to think about is sort of what would have what would have happened in an alternate universe where he succeeds. Seeds in his plan, and he and he, and you know he defeats the heroes, and he marries the Event, you know, I can sort of see her becoming the new leader of Passionless Valley, and and betraying him, and you know, he, maybe he ends up at the bottom of a pit. Or, you know, <laughs> I mean,
1: um, her, her kung, I think Limochiu's kung fu is probably better than Gongshunzi's. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say because. It, they've, they, they don't really fight or anything, but um, just from inferred power ranking, shall we say, uh, it, it, it feels like Li Mo was is, like, sort of, not not very top, but she's near the pinnacle, whereas Gong Jun you know, if you recall earlier on, there was always mentions about the flaws in his Kung Fu, mm-hmm. and now he's also lost the protective... Um, of his like special technique where he couldn't eat meat yeah his, uh, his
0: big technique is gone so i think yeah that really weakens him considerably and lee mocho even if she wasn't as powerful as him she's more conniving and i i think more capable of poisoning him and use i mean he's so lusty for 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 beauties that i think if uh uh that she could easily use that to to sort of sow the seeds of his defeat um but uh another thing that i that is, we probably shouldn't skip over that's sort of a minor thing that happens in this chapter is guafu is really just uh not getting along with um Cheng ying and lu Shuang, and you know she she just just you're, you're really starting to see sort of not only is she uh deeply flawed and rash as a character because of how spoiled she's been but it looks like she's not inherited anything that much of Huang Rong's intelligence that she's probably more like her father in that respect she seems to be not like there's a number of moments in this chapter where she just kind of is because she's so rash and because she's not putting two and two together she's impeding her mother's ability to 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 plan and, and and do the things that Huang Rong is so good at doing
1: um, but the thing is, like Huang Rong is perfectly capable of uh, maneuvering around Guo Jing because, like, even you know, even though Guo Jing's like not very intelligent, so to speak, like he at least you know has his uh, is is a predictable person. Whereas Guo Fu, yeah. because she's so uh, spoiled and she's so like extreme and like quick to um, act and not really thinking about consequences and just purely is like a, a I would I would say. Um, a bundle of instincts <laughs> most yeah. of which are neg- negative to other people like she it, it, her, it, her mother you know doesn't know how doesn't have a good grasp on how to manipulate her so that that she fits into her plans and i, I think the one good one, one of the sort of um, key points which highlights this is that when um guo, when when uh, huang rong gets Guo shang back instead of passing it to guo fu her blood daughter she actually passes it to um ye qi uh yeah uh, uh, a random mongolian
0: uh and that scene i enjoyed that scene because she basically she she tricks the way that she tricks chien where he's threatening to kill the baby and he's sort of reliving everything that he's like the big sin that he committed he's reliving again and Huang rong instead of freaking out starts laughing hysterically and it's like she's doing her best yingu impression i think where she's trying to remind him of uh, of what he did, and she just basically tells him to kill the baby, and it throws him off, and and eventually I think he drops the baby, and then she ends up she f- makes it look like she just kicks the baby to the side, like she doesn't care, but it's really like a gentle controlled kick, uh and then Yellow Chi retrieves her. Uh, but I don't know, it's just a very sort of. Uh, fun kind, fun, but also alarming scene because you have the, the dire peril that that uh, Guo Sheng is in. And, and I think
1: by this point, like, Kwon Rong is pretty used to it. I mean, she used the same tactic against uh, limo Mo Chiu as well. <laughs> like, it, 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 in the forest where she pretends she has no regard to the baby at all and she's mm-hmm. attacking without regard, but in reality she's controlling her strikes so that she doesn't actually hurt the baby, but I, I, it, both Limo Mo Chou and um, Tien were fooled by her performance into thinking that she doesn't really care at all about the the, um, the child. And, which is quite, um, I guess, it, it, that sort of highlights Wang Rong's sort of cunning and um, not really patience but her, her, her shrewd mind there and the control of her her, um, her acting I guess her acting skills there and one thing worth mentioning here is that uh, throughout all of this sort of uh, her laughing maniacally and trying to make um, Tian rem- uh, relive his dark days Fu had no idea what was going on she's like oh no my mother's gone mad what should I do <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, no, she has no clue. And and again, I think going back to what you were saying about Huang Rong's inability to sort of work around her, a large large part of it is the reason why she can do it with Guo Jing is because he's like a moral person. He's got like a very strong moral center, and his principles are easy, like you said, sort of predictable. Uh, with her, she doesn't really seem. I, I feel like she's all whatever context she's in will kind of shape what behavior. She, like, like she's doing awful things. She's she's you know, she's trying to cripple people. She's uh, she's behaving like a villain. And it's just the fact that she's surrounded by a righteous family that she doesn't get. She's not necessarily being categorized as one of the bad guys in the story.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like, see, like in in other novels, like she, this is like the the, the stereotypical um, spoiled young master uh, character uh, who makes trouble everywhere because they think, oh, I'm, I am I am the most important person in the world. I have strong parents backing me, and you know, it's hero war, and uh, but the chief of the beggar sect wrong wrong is my mother, you know. <laughs>
0: No, it's a but but I mean it, uh, you know and again there's a there's that scene where she's um you know she tries to cripple uh, Lu Shuang's other leg you know it's a, um and she gets jealous of Cheng Ying and it's just a you know eventually you know she uh uh I don't know I mean would you say that she would you say she's a bad person or would you say she's just deeply misguided and rash and just doesn't have the right upbringing
1: Oh well, I I finished the book now and <laughs> Uh, you know, she sort of has a little redemption arc, but I think even then, it was so brief before she got back to her old ways there that I, I, I think that she is a gen- genuine, genuine as a genuine person, like, just isn't very nice. I think it's too ingrained in her by now. And I'm kind of surprised that Yalu Chi actually agreed to marry her, because, like, <laughs> she... I, I, what, What is he thinking? Like, I know she's supposed to, like, Orfu is supposed to be on par in beauty with, with her mother, but her character leaves so much to be desired for. I mean, uh, yeah, Ye yeah Ye Chi has, has like, Wanyan Ping and uh, his sister, Yelu I can't remember her name. um Ye Lu, uh, Ye. Ye Lu- Ye. Yan. Like, that's as sort of comparisons, like, uh, for, for what, the sort of, a, ben- a, a baseline level for what a decent uh, wife material would be like, right? Well, but,
0: I, I think, well, I wouldn't underestimate the beauty factor as being able to blind somebody to a flaw, but I also think she is feisty, and she is sort of, there is there is maybe uh, I could see someone like him being attracted to, uh, to, to yeah, sort but, of the warrior. You know, she's very ready to go. She's very ready to fight. Do you know what I mean? And
2: that's but
1: Liu Wuxiang is, uh, uh, is 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 that same archetype as well, but she has her nice sides, and like, she, she's... Gentle to people, but she's harsh with her words, whereas Gorfu is harsh with her words and harsh in her actions to people. Yeah. So, it's sort of like, I mean, the, the marriage doesn't happen um anytime soon not for a couple of chapters yeah. but it's still one of those things where i just think like is she everything that she's displayed makes her out to be like an awful person and yeah she has seen most of this like he's seen her trying uh, like basically trying to cripple uh Lu and like um trying to dismiss chen ying from uh, as, as her martial art i think it was whatever <laughs> but it's just it's I mean, just amazing that <laughs> he,
0: he's drawn to her for whatever reason um and you know again i think again this is something where he has sort of categorized everybody in terms of how like the hierarchy of beauty that we've talked about and and i think she is higher up than uh lu shuang right so uh, you know that would um you know maybe But that's- below Chen Ying i think I can't remember. Oh, we should probably go back and try to chart it out.
1: We we, uh, we can have like another podcast where we yeah. talk about the beauties of uh, Jin Yong's novels and like try to rank them.
0: Well, it's just because he does rank these. them. It's not. It's 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 a, it's it's a it's like a it's like a, a part of the the language that he uses to describe the characters. And I think that uh, that in this case, it actually would give us insight into Yellow Cheese thinking. With you know, because like you say, she is kind of a terrible person.
1: Well, and she's so. and. Uh... I guess she's also the daughter of Guo Jing and Huang Rong, and that sort of adds to her street cred, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. she is the daughter of two great heroes. You know what? I would. Know, I think the...
0: that's it. I think that's if if we have to sort of speculate and project, I think the fact that this is an in for him to the Guo family can't be overlooked. I mean, that is they they are like only the most important you know couple in existence in the martial world, right? So, it's uh, yeah. it's you know, he probably does want to be close to that. Um. You know, and again, we don't get enough. That, I mean, we're speculating because we really don't get enough insight into into yellow cheese. We we
1: see, yeah, we don't, we don't really see much of his action. I mean, like if we consider um, Guo Fu's, like separately from her mm-hmm. characters. Okay, so she's got a decent martial arts background. Her parents are, are influential and presumably rich as well. She is uh, probably a nine out of ten on the beauty scale. Um, yeah, not not. Yeah, uh, beaten only by people like Li Mo and um and yeah, but but you know, those are like one in a million type beauties. yeah, you know, she she's fairly decent looking. So like those those are three fairly strong points for why someone would marry her. But then like it's like a, I don't know if it's like a scale and it's like well she's a bit of a bitch. Uh, but she's got these three things going for her. Maybe it's not too bad. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I mean, I think we I think we could do a whole character examination of Yellow Chi to sort of try to figure this out. That would be you could you could you really you really could sort of cuz it is weird cuz he is kind of a heroic guy and it's just odd that but again, I think um I think he might be interpreting some of her bad behavior as um as heroic behavior. Do you know what I mean? In that world it's sort of easy to sort of, you yeah. know, especially if you already like somebody to sort of see you know to to see to, to see heroic passion where it's where where really it's something much darker, you know, like like you know, it, it, and she's almost. I mean, she she's kind of basically a bully. I would say that's sort of the type of personality that, that I, I get from Guafu. Is she she she, she behaves. Almost like one of these characters that just go in, goes in and takes what they want and does what they want. And doesn't you know? Is loud mouthed and she's not. She's not particularly refined either. She's very far removed from from her mother in terms of personality.
1: Um, it's so. funny because uh, you know earlier in the novel we had the peach, the whole thing on the Peach Blossom Island where. Um, uh, where huang rong was refusing to teach Yang Guo, uh kung fu so it was, she, was, she was teaching him the, is, the scriptures and the, all these like um confucius texts or whatever to try and like settle his rebelliousness and but but then there's her daughter like she does nothing of the sort apparently she just teaches like none of that seemed like the the the, the, the refined scholarly stuff never seemed to make it into her teachings in the upbringing is it
0: is it karma for huang rong is like this like sort of you know her past actions with yang and maybe not being as uh motherly to him sort of coming back to haunt her in the form of her daughter is that
1: yeah i, I think it's just oh well, we we do know for a fact that you know while Gorging dotes on his daughter he doesn't spoil her but huang rong is the one who's always shielding her from everything um I, I don't know, like, uh, I've I seen a reason why won would try to... Maybe maybe she's compensating for the fact that she was, uh, not orphaned, but she was left motherless a lot as a child, because I think her mother died fairly uh early into her childhood right well and mother she had her mother died fairly early
0: and her father was kind of like the supreme weirdo of the martial world so, <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: yeah so i think if she may be trying to overcompensate for the motherly care thing I, on i Hwang, mean or, or, or Fu, yeah. I,
0: i'd say given Huang rong's background she turned out a-okay uh Huang yeah. rong turned out pretty good as a mother given all the stuff she's been through she, you know her only failing is that she was maybe too good to her daughter but you know in a, in a, in a setting like this that's a you know as consequences um when your daughter knows you know uh you know the peach blossom kung fu it can be an issue so yeah. I, I think uh, um but but getting into the next chapter cause I you know i don't want to uh uh get too far behind uh this is uh, chapter 32 which is what is love which I, I always think of that damn song from saturday night live where, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, so throughout the novel, Limochu sings this song, and that, those are the first. You know, what is love <laughs> is the start. You know, I would really love to see somebody do like a fan version of that song, but with should, the lyrics yeah. from Limochu's uh, poem, because um, oh I think you could do it. I'm I'm pretty sure you could do it. Uh,
1: I actually want to see if we can find like a uh, if did any of the TV series have Limochu singing that song. Like, I want to see what their impression of what it would have sounded like. Just, to, just as a out of curiosity she, thing, because I'm I think it would be interesting.
0: I, I can't remember if she sings it in any of the series.
1: Because um, it's mentioned so often. Like There, there was a scene previously where, um, where Yang Guo, Liu Shan, and Chen Ying were sort of hiding from uh, Li Cho And you know, she she comes by and there's like a music duel between Chen Ying and her. And she sings a song and uses the internal energy to break the the zither or um, the Guqin or whatever it was. and. Uh, I think it
0: was a <laughs> um yeah. but that is a sit there so um but uh i think that uh yeah i don't know i mean, me and adam are going to be doing the uh, 2006 return of condor here so i'm going to keep an eye out i'll probably i'll I do this all the time i try to keep an eye out that i forget that i'm supposed to be watching for something but i'll try to remember and see if they do have her singing um yeah i usually my impression of lee Mocho is that instead of singing they have her laughing I feel like that's what I always associate Li Mochi with—is that sort of martial laugh in the back, not like the maniacal martial laugh, not the, uh, not the, sort of, you know, uh, more friendly. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm an eccentric but person.
1: I, but I, I just feel like the, the song is so important for her character, and uh, it's been, I don't know—it's it's so integral that I, I, I feel like. The fact that the tv series don't show it is possibly like a, a failing on their part because the, the lyrics of the song from at least from the translations that we read of it they sort of highlight partially why she became the way she is today um just from all, all of the heartbreak that she's gone through and and then as a theme of love as well for for all of the characters in the book i mean um in this chapter i think um Liu Wuxiang, um, remin- like not reminisces, but thinks back to um, the, the lyrics of of, of uh, Li Mo Xiu's song, and uh, uh, like reflects on her feelings for Yang Guo on that, and Chen Ying's feelings for Yang Guo on that. Like it was, it's fairly important, I'd say.
0: Well. Here's what we should do. If anybody's listening and anybody is familiar with any of the series and remembers whether they have a a section where Lee Mochu sings this song, definitely point us in that direction. I have the, uh, on DVD, I have the 1983 version and I have the 2006 version. And I don't remember it in either of those, but that doesn't mean they're not there. I just might be failing to recall them. Um, And I don't remember it being in, there was a recent one they did in 2014. I don't remember it coming up in that, but again, I could be mistaken um so if somebody does remember uh definitely point it out i guess another possibility is they always have sort of the beginning theme and the end theme on these series and it's possible there's a version that has the Limochu song as like the end credits or the do you know what i mean um and, yeah. but i'm not sure i but I, I agree with you i think it's a really important part of the story because she sings it all the time and you know, and it's it's and it's one of these things where it's really, you really are tr- trying to imagine what that would look like because she's it's like in the middle of a battle and she's singing and that that would be incredibly cinematic if done right. So uh, I think it would be interesting. But but anyways, the, the chapter is called "What Is Love," and this is the chapter where Lü kills herself on her father's sword after uh, I think she she overhears Zhao nu and Yang talking about their love and feels despondent and uh, you know and then she uh uh you know uh makes the decision to to kill herself and uh or that might have been earlier in the chapter i can't remember but but either way she kills herself on her dad's sword this chapter and we also learn that the uh indian monk uh who's producing the cure uh for the passion flower uh was killed by Li mochu at the very moment when he found the antidote and uh Upon hearing this Yang becomes despondent. Uh, there's a uh, enormous fight at the the, uh, the precipice with um, all of the heroes and Gong Soon and Zhao Longnu manages to convince Gong Soon to give her the pill and Yang who's despondent over the recent news just throws the pill into the ravine. Um, there's a uh, uh, you know, the, the when 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 uh, Chi Chan Chi finds out about her daughter she just sets the whole place ablaze and Li Mochu, uh you know a little bit down the road uh ends up throwing herself into the flames and uh you know dies and, and a lot of people dying in sort of suicide type conditions in this chapter um yeah. we also get the wicked couple dying in the pit uh, Gong Soon and Chi Chi uh fight and she lures him into a uh, a, a trap that she traps him in the hole that he had trapped her in, and uh, he manages to pull her down with him. Um, and then we have the whole heartbreak cliff scene, where uh, you know after after all you know after all this sort of drama at uh, Passionless Valley, uh, Yang Gua and Zhao Longnü go go on a stroll, and Huang Rong has sort of talked to Zhao Nu and convinced her to to get Yang to to eat this. Um, uh, intestine severing grass which she thinks is, is possibly the cure for the passion flower because she discovered that the Indian monk was clutching it in his hands when he died and so Zhao Nu strolls with Yangor. She, she basically reminds him hey do you remember when you said you would listen to everything I said is that still a thing when I took you as a disciple you remember <laughs> and he says oh yeah of course of course and then they, they, they sleep and then when he wakes up in the morning she's gone they spend the whole day looking for, her. they find the bodies of the wicked couple, and then he finds a package left from her at uh, one of the cliffs near Heartbreak Cliff, and inside is the uh, intestine-severing grass, and there's also a message carved into the stone, which is one of these sort of common tropes from Musho where you know, you know, a great hero can just carve a message effortlessly into the stone. With um, a sword. With a sword, nonetheless. <laughs> a sword. Um, <laughs> and she basically says, you know, we'll, uh, you know, wait for me for 16 years and, you know, uh, remember your promise to me. And, um, and so, you know, there's a, uh, there's a whole sort of drama between him and Huang Rong. He's initially a little bit skeptical. He he kind of yells at Huang Rong and talks about how he doesn't like her. And then she manages to convince him that what's happened is Zhao Nu must have met this uh, this divine nun from the Southern Seas. Because remember, Zhao Nu is poisoned, and that's the big thing that uh, uh, motivated Yang Gua to, to throw his antidote over the into the ravine. Uh, and she says, "Oh, if she if she's met this divine nun, then the woman obviously took to her as a disciple. Because a divine nun only comes to the mainland once every sixteen years, and so she's probably healing her right now. And in sixteen years, you guys will be reunited." and huang rong comes up with an elaborate reason for why he can't go to visit the divine nun directly and uh and he eventually agrees and he eats the uh the intestine severing grass and he he stays behind in passionless valley with um cheng ying and lu shuang they become sworn siblings and he teaches lu shuang the jade maiden principles and the techniques because she's part of, she's technically part of the same sect as him and together they all purge the valley of the passion flowers. And then Yangua ends up uh, departing from Passionless Valley and re- reunites with his uh, his uh, the, the, his eagle brother. And they end up going to the southern coast where he trains for years uh, to master some uh, sort. I, I think he tries to master the uh, the he's at the wooden sword phase of the, uh, yeah, the training, yeah. right? And his, his Kung Fu improves tremendously during this time. And uh, and then that's the end of the chapter. And, and then we get to chapter 35. or I'm sorry, 30, uh,
1: 34. 33.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm way off on numbers. I apologize.
1: Yeah. But I we just have to say that the first two chapters in, in this sort of block of chapters is very meaty a lot of stuff happens here. that's all very important to the story and we can't really gloss over it when we'll talk about it um i think the other couple of chapters coming up are, are relatively lighter on key plot points so um yeah but yeah in, in chapter 32 i mean um yeah the first like of the first death uh, in the chapter is lua killing herself on her father's sword. Um, and not because I don't think it's because she overheard um, Yang Guo and Xiao um, flirting or, or talking sweet nothings or that. I think no, it was just I, because... I
0: confused myself. She did that. She ran over to the cliff the first time in the chapter before because of that. And yeah, I got them. I got my uh, wires crossed.
1: Yeah, I think this time it was just because. Um, yeah, she she saw that yeah, Yang Guo was basically unwilling to hurt her, and that he, he um, yeah, he, he seemed to want to give the pill to her instead, or not take the pill, uh, rather than like killing her to get the pill, like he was willing to let her let her live and for- forego the pill. And I think she was touched by his sacrifice. I say, but, but um, touched by his actions, and decided that she would kill herself. Um, and i have a piece of death I, i'm not really sure what, what the exact thought process is there maybe it's a uh, something we need to reread but that's 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 all at sort of like the high level where what i vaguely really remember from that scene well um, and she
0: killed herself on there. her dad's sword um yeah. which is sort of ironic well, i don't know if it is ironic because her dad doesn't even care really her dad uses her body as a shield to deflect oh yeah um...
1: immediately after <laughs> she, she uses the, the uh, her, his which... dead daughter's corpse to block his wife's weapons
0: it's honestly one of the most heartbreaking character deaths because to have her used as just a shield for her mother's spinning stones uh her her, what is it her palm seeds uh the date seeds the stone date seeds uh it's just i don't know it's just you just get this image of the it's 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 there's just no dignity in the in 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 it after that it's a it's a very it's 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 it was one of the more difficult moments in the story
1: um and she's had a pretty tragic life as well, so it's really hard to not feel sorry for her I mean it, we, we sort of feel sorry for Yang Guan and Channel Nu in terms of how they always have things coming in between them. but Luo is on, in my mind is one of the most tragic heroines in this story at the moment, just because you know she's from a young age uh you know she she lost her mother so she thinks finds out that her father had trapped her uh, trapped her mother in in, in a cave or killed her mother um and then gets thrown by her father and and uh, down down into a pit of crocodiles um and then plots and the father plots with a random woman to kill her so that she so that he could have the antidote i mean she has a lot of stuff happening to her that's not very pleasant and it's kind of amazing that you know despite all of this she still keeps her sort of sweet disposition and her caring for yang guo you know like he she's, she's obviously clearly aware of uh, yang guo and Liu's relationship and that yang guo will never love anyone else other than Shaolong. Nu. but yet she's still willing to do you know to 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 perform all these sacrifices um for him to make sure that he can live a happy life uh it's honestly like i i think her character is one of the the, the, the most tragic story arcs in this book so far yeah i
0: i would agree with that because she's a very likable character and she's very uh you know she's very selfless in her behavior throughout the story and she's constantly helping the protagonist so you you know you you really feel for her when she dies um and I guess that's an interesting contrast to the next person who kills themselves, which is Li Mochu, who, uh, uh, you know, when the place catches on fire, I think Reverend Yi Dang seals one of her acupoints so that she can't cause too much trouble, but she's able to still kind of yeah. move around. And eventually, this moment arises where she's kind of going to get her comeuppance, it looks like. People start encircling her, um, and she... Uh, I think she tries to throw herself on um, on one of the Wu brothers' swords, but he's he's not really able to commit to to killing her, and he and he backs off. And she sees the fires, and she uh, she I think she mistakes I forget which couple it is, but she mistakes somebody. She mistakes people for her former. For her former love and his um and his lover, uh,
1: yeah, uh, I, I think it's for some reason she looks at Yang Guo and Xiao Long Liu and somehow sees them as um being her former lover and the former lover's wife, basically, and for, and then she goes like mental and runs into the fire while singing that song. I think it was is that yeah, what happened there?
0: Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. She yeah. she's singing the O mortals, what is love, and uh, and she burns to death. And it's a, um, it's a pretty dramatic death. I still don't know how I feel about this death for Lee Mochu. Um, but uh, I, I've, this is one that's always sort of perplexed me. But, but it's very dramatic. And people feel sad over her death. They don't feel... You don't get this sense that people are satisfied that she's died. They feel sort of bad for her. Um, and, uh, and then there's the other couple that... Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the wicked couple who, who kill each other and uh it's sort of like this. I think I, the
1: think they saying here is that like being hosted by the, by her own petard there because uh, she basically set the trap for Gongzi and, uh, and and in the moment that the trap succeeds, Gong Jun-Zi manages to drag, to drag her down with him. Basically, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. He just he manages to. It's kind of like the scene in um, Lord of the Rings where Gandalf gets dragged in by the Balrog. I think that's sort of how <laughs> I imagine it. Um, where mm-hmm. there's like this moment where it seems like she's won, and then boom, she gets sucked in. I think um but uh yeah it's it's a it's a fitting end for both of them i think i think i think i think there's a hierarchy of sympathy in these deaths where you have the Lua who you feel the worst for li mochu who you still feel bad for but you understand she probably deserves to die and then the wicked couple who just you you could really care less you you're, you're quite happy to have them dead um yeah and uh, and then there's the whole scene at brokenhearted cliff too, um, which I think is kind of the pivotal moment in the in the chapter for me. Um, and the the actual thing that Li uh, not Li Mochi, that Jiao Long Nu carves into the stone is sixteen years from now we will meet here. The love between husband and wife is profoundly great. Do not break your promise. Xiao Nu addresses husband Yang Long, and uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it's. Um, it's when when I first encountered this part of the story, it really confused me because it took me a while to understand what Huang Rong was trying to say. Not this time, but like the very first time I ever encountered it, um, it was it, it was I just found it a very confusing explanation for what happened. But now I really like this this idea that uh, that she spun about the the divine nun who's possibly healing Xiao Longnü for sixteen years and Yang is sort of clinging to this idea and waiting um
1: i don't know well it's... And, and it's also because the way you know it, it, what's important is that the passage on the cliff was actually written by xia nu and not something concocted by huang rong like it nu wrote 16 years uh and we find out later why she actually wrote that text but um yeah and i think what, that's why yang Guo well, clings to the hope that is because xia nu said it herself um and he recognizes her handwriting to a special way that she writes um Yang Guo. um some, something about the way her there's, she does there's like an extra, extra stroke extra, or something right in the yeah the an, an extra an extra bit of curve or whatever that, make, that makes it distinct for to, to her handwriting and yeah you know, and, and you know he, uh, he obviously no trusts her enough that if she says 16 years she, she will mean 16 years um and even though you know he, he has a bit of doubts, I think what Huang Rong's story does is make him believe, oh, well, there is a justification for why she said 16 years, and that's sort of what he clings on to for, for throughout the next uh, chapter or so.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's I don't know. It's an interesting sort of I don't know. I just it's I don't I, it's 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 a very unique moment in the in the story. Um,
1: I mean, we, we can sort of guess that uh huang rung is um spinning a white lie here for yang guo but at the yeah. same time it's like i'm not really sure like maybe there is really a um that, divine nun
2: that's
0: what's so clever about. but but i think what makes it seem like a lie is the fact that nobody seems to know who this divine nun is except for and it's her... exactly 16
1: years she goes yeah. to the main once every 16 yeah. years <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> granted in this genre there could be a divine nun who comes to the mainland once every 60, you know, that sort of thing can happen and it could, it could align exactly with the situation. Uh, but it, it just seems, you know, also the way that Huang Rong introduces it when, when, when she thinks about it for a moment, she, she sort of reads the message and then she starts congratulating Yang she says, Oh, congratulations. And it's, it's just a very odd way to sort of lead into that topic. I, I would think if it were not a lie, that she would, she wouldn't. She wouldn't start with the um, the congratulations. She would. Uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like an odd start.
1: Oh, I, I think in like certain Chinese stories, starting with congratulations is a very um, common thing to do. I'd say when when it's sort of. I don't know it's just something that I've seen happening in other stories as well it's mostly in, in, in the context of like a, a, sub, a subordinate congratulating their lord on something and then explaining why you know, to the emperor for example on why this is a good thing and then um and usually the, whoever's been congratulated laps it up it might be a scheme or whatever but, but, think, oh, yeah, but it's usually a company
0: with a lie is what you're saying it's usually yeah
1: or you know or some sort of misinterpretation on why this is a great thing um Basically, any time anyone starts with congratulations, you have to be a bit wary about what they say okay. afterwards.
0: <laughs> it's like it's like how people will sometimes try to uh, slip a criticism in with a compliment. It's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the it's the uh, it's just the way of getting it getting the lie in smoothly. But yeah, it definitely feels kind of odd. I I, I think. Um, but you know, he then we get this nice closure with him and lu Shuang and Cheng Ying, where they stay together uh in the valley. I think for like a month or something, and he you know, he yeah. trains Lu Wu Shuang, um, and they eradicate the passion flowers together. Uh, I think, I think it's just nice that they have sort of the, 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 those, the three of them have this firm relationship that, uh, that stands throughout the novel. Um, and it also kind of, I don't know, it sort of buffers Yangu a little bit during this lonely period where he's just been once again, again the whole book is sort of oriented around these, uh, these uh reunions and separations between him and Zhao Longnu. And now we get the like truly crippling uh separation where, you know, sixteen years and
1: uh I, I, this is the only like defined separations for the other ones. like we, 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 oh, he, maybe he can find her um and it's never it's a couple of months, a couple of years or whatever. But this time like we have an exact date. Sixteen years is a very long time. Like it yeah how many 16 years does a human being have right well, so, and,
0: oh go ahead go ahead
1: yeah I was just thinking like yeah, and, and this time we know it's in for it's for, in for the long haul type of thing so and um
0: and in fact i mean you know he, he you know after he spends time with them in passionless valley he uh he roams Zhang hu he uh he meets up with brother eagle and then you just have this whole extended period where he's He's training by the sea for like six years on, you know, and, and, uh, and, and then we don't even find out really what happens to him until, you know, well into the next chapter. And, and it's interesting because again, we're going to go into the next chapter. We are kind of running out of time. So we might have to speed through chapters 33, 34, and 35, but I feel like when he does return in chapter 33, which I'll give an overview in a moment, he almost doesn't feel like the protagonist anymore. Would you, would you agree with that? That he, that there's sort of this, this he's like it's such a high level that do you know
1: it's like a well in chapter 33 so we'll, we'll keep talking about that now so we we introduced um to you know three people entering an inn and uh, it's full because there's little, everyone's like so there's little, trying to escape from the war or the roads are blocked or whatever i can't remember the reason why but they're sort of exchanging stories in the night about the eagle hero yep um yep. And you know, when we find out that the three people who entered were actually Guofu, uh, Guoshang, and Guapolu. yeah, and, and Guoshang
0: uh, and Guapolu are like what, like 15 or 16 now? This is like, yeah, wow. yeah,
1: this is like 15 well, years after the previous, yeah, because
0: she was a baby in the last chapter, so yeah, um. Uh.
1: And yeah, so these people are always telling t- 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 stories about the Eagle Hero, which we can probably guess. I mean, like, as, a, as a reader, we know that Eagle Hero would probably means Zhang War, right? Well, and even so-
0: even Guo Fu mentions Yang as his possible surname at one point, right? Doesn't she say that?
1: yeah but i think she's in denial as well because she doesn't want to accept that yang go is a brilliant martial artist who's chivalrous and helping everyone around the world you know because the stories are telling of him like oh you know he he sneaks into this place and killed the uh, corrupt official and then uh, he manages to arrest the prime minister and like judge him in the court and before running off with uh, <laughs> um, a gang of people and you know and then telling people's skin green by scaring them so much basically <laughs> and yeah we, we hear all these outlandish tales about his deeds um Um, I mean, it's sort of painted as a sort of mythical. Can you hear me, Kenny? uh, Basically, on on par with. Oh, hello.
0: Oh yeah, there was just a little bit of a technical issue there. No, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So no, but you were saying he's basically reached the level of a myth at this point.
1: Yeah. And and, and yeah, you know, so so throughout um, chapter thirty three, uh, a lot of it is d- dedicated to them, everyone talking about this eagle hero and Guo Shang, um, who is I don't know if we're, we're t- told her nickname at this point, but it's uh, she's basically the little Eastern heretic, um, sort of named after her grandfather uh, in a bit in a sense, who's the Eastern heretic, um, and and she wants to meet this eagle hero, and one of the people in the inn um, who we find out is big head ghost I think it was um th- uh, it says if you want to see the eagle hero come with me and she basically uh, Guo Shan basically just runs after him and despite Fu trying to stop her um yeah Shan manages to get away and um there's a whole scene where uh, she meets with the um the ghosts of uh, the western cave uh western western mountain yeah ghost uh, of like Hishan, ten- right yeah and it's like a, basically it's a group of 10 people who are like sworn um sworn brotherhood type of thing um there's some women there so it's like sisterhood as well or whatever but um and then it turns out that they actually have a uh, an agreement to uh, meet and fight with the eagle hero which is why they all gathered here and um and, and then this is why like you know uh, the the big headed ghost was hanging in the area um so they decided to you know set along the way to, to to the meeting point but along the way they actually run into um some people from the the, the five she brothers from the uh, Ten Thousand beasts manor yeah. uh, which that's quite imposing and then they're basically a, like a group of animal trainers and they they seem to be doing something in the forest um and they refuse to let the ghost pass through the road and the growth the ghost like being sort of arrogant haughty people like oh why are you not letting us through you know we're you know we're, we're gonna listen to you and go around the forest so there's a little fight scene there and they set fire and the, the ghost set fire to the forest and to scare the animals away because the animals are you know obviously trained to fight as well and they're trying to kill the ghosts and um and yeah and 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 because of this um the she brothers uh plans of sort of trapping a, a nine-tailed fox um, to cure the one of the the internal injuries of their third brother uh fails because the fox manages to escape the encirclement when the, when all the animals are panicking from the fire so there's like a massive fight scene um at the end of it Yang, uh, the eagle hero shows up and we, we, we just we, we get a description of this guy who's really uh ugly looking um and he look, you know he obviously looks nothing like the angle we know but we also if you're attentive to the story you should know that Yang Guo has that um, weird uh, uh, human skin mask that um, he got from Chen Ying uh, very early on yeah. in the story
0: who got I think uh, got it from Wang Yaoshi right wasn't that the I think it was Yeah yeah. Like, Ho, Ho, uh,
1: the, the, yeah Hong, Hong yeah. Yaoshi uh, was uh, the person who invented it
0: and uh, and it's and, and it makes him look pretty creepy but uh, and again and again we, we are uh, we are getting sort of low on time so we'll try to get through this one quickly but for me one of the key things in this chapter is uh, is the personality of Guaxiang sort of really becomes clear and you realize that she is the complete opposite of Guafu. And you also get a sense of Guapolu's personality and he's not terribly impressive. I mean, he's not particularly offensive in any way either. He just doesn't really... I don't know he's sort of. There's no real spark. He's very to timid,
1: him. Yeah. yeah. Like is. It, it, he's very timid, and he, he, he's always caught between the arguments between Guo Fu and yeah. Guo Shan and and yeah, Guo Shan and Guo Fu like they clash a lot because of their personalities. Uh, Guo Shan is sort of sort of reminds you of Yang Guo a little bit in this youth. Like she's very. Um, open with her opinions and uh, also like isn't afraid of insulting people which is why she's got a little that little heretic nickname um and and, and she's also shown, shown to be quite kind-hearted because like she cares you know there's this, this little scene in the fights where she's handing around like a um an animal hat because the animals have been trained to not attack people and yeah. Uh, yeah. and she's you know she's shown, she's shown as a like, quite a sweet girl um but she's also very well.
0: eccentric even at that like um you know, like, they, like you said, they call her a little heretic and, you know, she's kind of strange. Like, the, like she, like, uh, you know, even even Huang Rong sort of <laughs> regards her as strange and R- Huang Rong is the daughter of Huang Yaoshi. So, I mean, you know, uh, but uh, but I think, it, you know, in the next chapter, we find out a lot, a lot of this is a product of the fact that they don't spoil guapalu or guashang
1: they died from guafu basically <laughs> which,
0: which is which is pretty true to life I, i've seen this a lot with different families where you know the second the second or third child is raised much differently than the first um and uh and i and i think uh, also um the uh i don't know i as much as i again we get a lot more of guafu's really difficult personality but the one thing that I'm at least, you at least start to get by this point with her is you at least kind of have to respect her personality because it, it has consequences. She's, you know what I mean? She's like, Guapolo is, is inoffensive, but he's, he's also not somebody, he's somebody that you could walk all over because he doesn't feel like he's going to do anything. But Guafu is somebody that you would, if you were in her presence, you wouldn't want to set her off because it might lead to, to bad things happening. And it's just easier to placate her, um, yeah. And so, uh, so, so, uh, and, you, and we just get more of that over the next several chapters with her. But, um, but yeah. So, and the, I guess the other big thing is, um, I felt that the uh, the the ghosts of Zhishan, they kind of remind me a lot of the of the Seven Freaks. Seven uh, Freaks, yeah. yeah, definitely. And uh, but I don't know. Did you have any any additional thoughts on this chapter? Any. Um,
1: um, no, we should probably move on to, okay. This chapter just to... all right, because so... it's got there's a lot of a bit of meaty stuff in the chapter thirty four as well. I think yeah. the key points in this chapter. Uh, so high level summary is that um, the, the uh, Yang Guo mediates a dispute and agrees to help find the Nine Tail Fox to help cure the um, the, the, the the Lion King's um, injuries, uh, which involves him going to the Black Marsh with Guo Shang, who follows along. Um, they meet Yinggu. And then um, Monkey Ding come, comes along uh, with a uh, dying Qian, who was injured by Jindun, um, and Yang Guo promises to find... Um, Double Tongue, in order for Yinggu to actually hand over the Tail Foxes. And we learned a lot about the story of what happened between Double uh, Tongue and Yinggu and the, the tra- tragic death of their child, basically. And um, there's a little bit of martial arts competition between Double and Yanggu. I mean, this is where we learned that he, he's mastered a new martial art called the, uh, the, the the melancholy palm. Yeah, the, right? <laughs>
0: the melancholic sad palm. Is a... yeah.
1: <laughs> the translation's a little bit off there. It sounds so much more impressive than Chinese, I have to say. Um... but it's it stems from his
0: his longing for Xialong Longnü, right That's the idea and, that, yeah. and that's why Zhu Batong has difficulty mastering a couple of the techniques in it, right because he has no such longing for his wife. he has he's not he's not familiar with he's with, not married with, for yeah. once <laughs> yeah. but but for his significant yeah. uh, other person yeah um, that he's been running away from all these years. Um, but in the end, they both agree to forgive, uh, uh, both, uh, Zhibitong. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, so Yang Go manages to lure Tong um, back to, uh, to meet with, to meet with Yingu, and they both, so Double Tong and Yingu all, both forgives Tian, who dies in peace, <laughs> um, which is a nice bit of closure there, if you have sort of followed his antics from Return uh, of Legend of the Condor Heroes,
0: um, I like how we're getting this closure with a lot of these great figures from the the first story. And I particularly enjoy seeing Yingu again. And, you know, she I mean, she's a really in the one hand, she's kind of a bad person because she never relinquishes this, this grudge she has. But the grudge is fairly reasonable. I mean, somebody palmed her child to death. And then Reverend Yi Deng refused to heal the child because he wanted to fight in a competition. So it's, you know, it's a fair, it's a, I think her grievance is one of the most understandable grievances in the whole story. And it's nice to, and then, and then for no apparent reason, Zhu it just avoids her and doesn't, and doesn't, uh, doesn't, you know, does, you know, so she's left sure. lonely the, yeah. in her remaining years. And, and I think that, uh, you know, number one, Juba sort of cast a new shade on it where he he, and and you know, you can sort of quibble over whether this jives with what he actually did, but his explanation is that he do, he doesn't have the face now to, to go before uh, Reverend Yi Deng and Yinggu, and that's why he's avoiding her. Is that he, he you know he's sort of ashamed of his actions to a, to a, on a certain level, and um, I don't know. I, I think that I think that uh, you know uh, you know him sort of returning to her is a is a is, is one of the one of the nicer moments in the story uh you know it's it's it's, it's, it's you 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 don't think you're going to get that kind of closure with a guy like jubitong and so it's uh it's kind of nice to see it happen um but yeah i don't know any any other thoughts on this one
1: um no i think we cover all the main points obviously we're glossing over a lot of things i think um, you know the the, the names of the, the the 17 stances I think it was in the melancholic sad palms were, were all based on like a poem or something I think it was and well,
0: it was, oh go ahead go ahead
1: oh uh, yeah I was saying, uh, a, a lot of a lot of them were, yeah they're, they're definitely very sort of poetic uh idioms which are very hard to translate um and like I say it definitely sounds better in the original language but the translators done a pretty good job here as well I thought
0: well we learn a lot of cool stuff about his martial arts. Number 1, he really goes against the grain and the traditions of the martial world. Like he just is not his he has a very abnormal fighting style. And 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 one of the things that earlier in the in the story he had done was he tried to make techniques around a poem and he just has kind of elaborated on this idea i think at this point and it, again it's a very sort of you know it, 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 it it's a really cool aspect of the story and it's one of those things that translates very well onto screen in in, in wuxia movies um you know it it you know you, you sort of you always have this blending of poetry scholarship and the sword that really seems to work um and uh and I like how it ties with the events that are going on. I like how, you know, uh, you know, his, his, uh, the melancholic palm is related to, you know, his desire to see Zhao Long Nu again. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so again, but we probably should speed up cause we are, uh, we are getting, uh, uh, close to our next podcast. So we apologize if we're. There, like Kenny said, this is a meaty chapter and a lot of really important stuff happens, but we, you know, Reverend, uh, uh, not Reverend Yideng, uh Monk Qian basically uh, finally has his, uh, his, you know, his redemption in a way and he, uh, and he dies because he was injured while uh, investigating Dali because we learned that the Mongols have been advancing through Dali because they couldn't get through Zhang Yan and, uh, um and so that sort of brings us to the next chapter where you have the, uh, the I guess, the, the big... Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that happens that sort of wraps up the previous chapter where uh, Yangua gives... Um, uh, uh, Guazhang, uh three needles, telling her that you know he can she can use each one to make a wish, and she uses up two of them: one to see his face, which he shows her, and then one to get him to promise to uh, return on her birthday, which is going to be at the same time as this big heroes banquet that they're having, or heroes summit. And the re- the whole reason that her and her siblings were out there in the first place was to go invite Tui uh, uh, Chuji to 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 come and preside over the summit. And he ends up sending one of his uh, disciples instead. Uh, so uh, Guo and uh, Guo Zhang go back, uh, and they, there's a um, uh, the the she the she family holds a banquet for them, and they they uh, they bring the two nine ta- the, the two foxes and you know use them to heal was a Third Brothers uh injury yeah, the, the Lion the Lion King or it was. And he was injured by Huadu, right? That was the 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 person who injured him, yes. I think. the, um, the one who injured, Yeah. And during the banquet we hear this ape scream and and then we hear Guo Fu shouting and she ends up getting in a uh in a tussle with uh Shi Mengji. She really seriously injures him and doesn't seem to think anything of it. She I think she basically uh hits him in the chest with a sword or something um and uh but he ends up and in being... the back i think
1: it was like uh, i think it was like quite close yeah
0: but it was a terrible was in injury back. right it was like a it really was, yeah day. it was a,
1: apparently that i think the description said that if it was like two inches deeper or whatever that would have been his life gone
0: and she thinks nothing of it it's just like get out of my way just sort of um but uh you know and 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 this causes some distress for guo Xiang, and but eventually she goes back with her sister and and uh before the heroes summit though uh chief lu is killed by hudu on the outskirts of the city and, and we should say at this point that guo jing has been fending off the mongol advance from the city for ages now right that is sort of the um uh you know he's basically thinking... uh, all 15
1: years basically he has <laughs> <it's> been
0: <laughs> and so they're they're hosting a hero's summit and uh and uh chief lu is killed by hudu and then uh we we learn that uh, Guo Shang was really close to Chi Lu, so she basically goes to honor his memory at a temple. She's nearly kidnapped by Niu Mo Xiong. Uh Guo Fu goes to retrieve her, and the two of them are attacked by this Niu Jung character who now has just got crutches because his legs are missing, and he's killed by we don't know for sure yet, but but Yang Gua basically kills him with a needle from from uh, from a distance, and uh, and and so then we have the. Uh, the Hero summit when Guo Fu and Guo Shang come back to, to the town. And during the Hero summit, because it's uh, Guo Shang's birthday, she decides not to attend. And instead, all of Yang Guo's friends that he sends there have sort of a mini Hero summit with her for her birthday. And it's kind of a charming scene. It's sort of this, you know, like all these really eccentric, really shady characters from the martial world are hanging out with her. And, and they're bringing her gifts and... And, and, uh, and it's, I don't know, she, she, again, I think, I think a lot of the, a lot of what's going on with her character is really linked to that, that moment when she was uh, taken as a child and fed the leopard's milk by Yango and Li Mochu. And she had all these really abnormal things happen. And I think it just led to a very eccentric personality (laughs) forming. And so she's hanging out with a, with a, with a motley crew while her, uh, while her family are sort of, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, presiding at a banquet. And one of the gifts that she gets, though, is this 1,000-year-old snow ginseng. And she decides to give it to her her mom and her father because they've suffered so much and she's young and she hasn't really had any hardships. And then there's a moment at the end of the chapter where Guo Jing and Huang Rong debate whether which one of them should take it. And they're both trying to be selfless and give it to the other. And then they say, oh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's save it for after the battle because people will be injured and we might need it. And so that's that's pretty much the bare bones of the chapter. I might have missed one or two key things, but I don't know. What did you think what did you think of this part of the book?
1: No, I I really enjoyed the mini hero summit that Guo Shang had as well. It was, uh, um yeah, because I uh, think you know, at first it was like Guapolu who went to see, and then he came back with like and said, "Oh, she's having her own hero summit there," and like everyone's really confused, like what are you talking about? But yeah, you know, and I, I kind of really appreciate um, what Yang Guo is doing in the background here. I mean, he with he's fulfilling a promise. He goes the whole way apparently. Like he makes a big deal out of everything, and we'll see more of this in the next chapter. Yeah. We should talk about next time. But um, it, yeah. I... I really do enjoy that, you know she's a little heretic, and she is doing all these weird things that her parents just have no idea what's going on <laughs> it's just uh yeah it's uh yeah, quite amusing i thought
0: and uh and yeah, and so i I think that it's I um i don't know i i i i i quite i quite like uh this part of the story uh, I feel like i mean we're kind of getting we're getting really close to the end obviously, and we only got five more chapters and uh and so so yeah so we, again i'm sorry but we are running out of time so uh i'm afraid we're probably gonna have to wrap it up fairly quickly but yeah i thought this was a good chapter and i uh i think that it was it was nice to see Nemo nimosheng sort of get his just desserts and uh it was and, and that mini hero summit was uh was a was a funny sort of moment in the in the in the story um and also a chance for us to kind of see the martial world now. Do you know what I mean? To sort of see that things have evolved, that there are these other eccentric heroes that are now sort of rising up. And a lot of them are friends of Yangua. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, you know, and I, I, just, I cannot understate how many new characters get introduced in these chapters. There's a, a host of, of, uh, of, of, uh, people with names like merciless killer, Priest, uh, priestess Sheng Ying and, um, uh, turning wheel. I can't remember the rest of his name, but the turning wheel guy, and, um, uh, and the
1: ghost that uses like a uh, an account book as a, as a weapon. Oh yeah, like yeah. He's got pages. he's got the iron <laughs> account
0: book where he keeps all of all the debts people owe him, and then he, and uh, yeah. There, there's some real exce- uh, real eccentric uh, uh, characters, um, but yeah. So we'll uh, we'll probably wrap it up here, um, and we'll because uh, we have to get on and do our Chinese ghost story podcast. But uh, I I think that, you know, this is a uh, this has been a a lot of fun to talk about the story, because normally I think we don't have a chance. It's a niche interest. And so you don't often get the chance to talk about this with other people. And you sort of just sort of either watch it or talk or read it in a vacuum. And so it's nice to kind of share it and see that there are other people out there that are interested in it as well and hear from people. And so, uh, so we'll be back, uh, next week with the last five chapters. I would encourage everybody who's been following along that hasn't read the book to maybe, uh, read the book in it, in, you know, before checking out the next podcast. And, uh, and, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, and if, and if you don't, maybe watch, uh, you know, some of the Return of Condor Heroes series or the, I mean, there have been movies based on it, but I think you're better off with the series, to be honest. And, um, and yeah, so we'll be back on next week. We'll be on in a little bit with uh, a Chinese ghost story. And I'm sure we have plenty of other stuff planned this week. So uh, we will we will
2: talk to you later.